started in a minute here just want to get the room filled so hang out for a second thank you welcome everyone we're gonna get started in a minute and welcome to DLN's Expert Access. Uh, this series is a closer look at topics that we think will be helpful uh, in running practices in the design and architecture market. Uh, and the panels are always led by experts in very specific fields. Today, our topic is photography and styling. And our guests are um, stylist Robert Rafino and photographer Douglas Friedman. Um, before we get started here, I just want to remind everyone that um, we, we will have Q&A. It's really helpful if you use the Q&A uh, button on your uh, screen and we'll collect the questions and I'll check on them both during the conversation as well as at the end when we turn to that section. So uh, ask away and we'll, uh, we'll try to get to every question along the way. We're going to break our conversation today up into really three segments. We're gonna start out with a, just a, a conversation and really try to get to some of the nuts and bolts of uh, this topic. Then we're gonna dissect images and really try to understand what makes specific images really work uh, as a bit of a roadmap to help everyone. And then we'll have the Q and A. Uh, so with that, I'll just start off by welcoming uh, our guests, uh, Robert and Douglas. And I always think it's great just for people to hear in your own words, just a little bit about your background as a way to get started. So uh, Robert, do you wanna go first and just you know, quickly share um, the intro that you wish everyone always did for you? My intro, okay. So, it's quite, my journey's been uh, a quite long journey, but anyway, I'm a native New Yorker, born and raised in Chinatown. Uh, Went to the High School of Fashion Industries in FIT where I wanted to become a fashion designer. Oh, really? I have to say, I don't think that's going to happen. So I got into the world of window display. I started my career at the original Henry Bendel under Geraldine Studs in the 70s. And from there, I went into the fashion industry and I worked for various magazines, Harper's Bazaar, Elle Fashion, Taxi Magazine, uh, the New York Times under Carrie Donovan. And then for some reason or other, I, ran, I wound up working at Tiffany and Company for 13 years where I was vice president of visual presentation worldwide. What does that mean? Designing windows, table settings, 
archival presentations, uh, special events, store design, and 13 years at Tiffany. And the joy of working at Tiffany's was working with Elsa Peretti. Uh, unfortunately, she just passed away, but we really got along and she, it was a great adventure. And then I happened to go to uh, AD when Margaret Russell uh, was relaunching AD where I worked there for three years as interior design editor. From there, I went to El Decor. And then while I was at El Decor after six or seven years, <clears throat> there was a big change at the Hearst Design Group and they were relaunching House Beautiful. And currently I am the style editor of House Beautiful where I'm responsible for all of the projects. Plus I do a column called the Rafina Report and do a lot of videos and I'm kind of all over the place at House Beautiful and we're having a good time. Yeah. So that's, kind of that's, that's a great story, Robert. I think everyone appreciates just hearing the diverse background. It's, it's helpful to sort of think about how careers happen in our industry and that's a great one. Uh, Douglas, do you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, hi. Thanks for having me, um, Peter. Um, it's good to see you, Robert. My name is Douglas Friedman, and I'm an interiors, architecture, and portrait photographer. Um, I started, I mean, I was an anthropology student, and I was, I was kind of destined to make documentary films, but um, as life kind of throws you a series of curveballs, um, I got sidetracked and ended up as a fashion photographer, um, which wasn't the most satisfying kind of career path. So it took a lot of work and kind of manipulating, but I eventually um, found my way into Robert Ruffino's world and my love of architecture and interiors. I'd much rather sit in a room with a chair than a fashion model. Um, so I started shooting architecture and interiors and, and now I live in West Texas and raise chickens and take pictures of chairs. <laughs> Great. Well, I, I, I certainly recommend everyone on this uh, listening here follow you on Instagram because it is a great uh, way to you know, see all facets of your world uh, you. through, that, through that medium. But let's, let's get right into this. I, I thought what we could do just to try to you know, get to some nuts and bolts here is to say, um, let's start off with like, what makes a great image and how do you differentiate a great image in our world? interiors and architecture from only an okay image. And I kind of want to break it down like, and I'm going to ask each of you to just, you know, help us understand like subject, lighting, uh, styling, uh, the frame that you're shooting in. What, what are the pieces of the puzzle that have to come together to make a great image? Um, well, I, I think, I think the, for me, the most important thing is that besides the content of the photograph and what's in the photograph, and but the picture needs to feel, it needs to feel balanced for me. So, and I'm not sure, like it's, it's, like it, it's a feeling, it really is a vibe. And I think that kind of speaks to why so many different photographers, like interior photographers do such great work. And if you gave them all the same room to shoot, they'd all make it look slightly different, but it would all still look great because it feels balanced to them in a very specific way. So like as a photographer, I started out by shooting four by five film, which, you know, everything is upside down and backwards. So I learned to see things 
less for the, the context, but more for how it felt balanced and kind of arranged. And now that's how I kind of see everything when I'm shooting. And I'll go in, like say Robert and I will look at a photograph and we'll move things ever so slightly. And all, and Robert and I, you know, we work well together because we, we kind of see this balance in the same way. And eventually after, you know, 45 minutes or an hour, you know, the, that ideal moment is, is, I think it's a feeling, like we feel it. And then we're like, okay, you're good. You're good. It feels, I guess I'm kind of, when I speak about balance, I, I'm speaking about how your eye remains in the picture. Like turning a chair a certain direction will keep your eye more engaged in that photograph, swirling around as opposed to, like there's certain signifiers that will send you right out of the picture. Like if your eye follows the direction of something and, and off you go. So um, for me, that's the so, most, most important. So balance is more important than other facets like lighting or? Well, I mean, the lighting then, the lighting, but the lighting becomes part of the balance, like where a shadow is and the depth you create, the direction of the light kind of keeps your eye moving through a photograph. And, you know, light can be distracting and kind of upset the balance of the picture. And, and I feel like the con, like what you're shooting is, the, is it's kind of the least important thing because it shouldn't matter if you like the furniture, if you like the wall color, if you like the flowers. Because as a photographer, and it's like we should be able to look at whatever room we're given and make it feel like a beautiful photograph, regardless of if you like genre or not. Yeah. Uh, we're going to stick with this topic for a minute, uh, but let's ask, let's ask Robert to weigh in on this. And uh, I wouldn't keep picking this apart here. I agree. I, I, am I, can I talk? I, I'm, I basically agree with Douglas, but I think what makes a beautiful photograph it is the combination of the photographer and the editor, because we both bring two different things to the shoot. And if we don't, if we're not dancing at the same speed, it's a disaster. Uh, you know, working with Douglas, you know, sometimes he sees things differently than I do. And sometimes we see things perfectly, perfectly, it's, it's, we're right on. And it's just working together and getting it. I mean, you can walk into the most perfect room and then you put up a camera. It's like, oh, it doesn't look so great. And it's just, you know, as Douglas said, moving that chair, getting the right lighting, you know, taking things out of the photograph sometimes. I mean, I think, if, I think when I do a shoot, there has to be a certain rhythm. And, you know, even if we're photographing a whole room, sometimes one, one section of that room tells more of a story than the whole room, you know? And sometimes, you know, you go in a, you, you're in a location, and we've done this many times, where we'll recreate a room or just edit it, and it looks so much better. I mean, I'm not putting down the designer, but it's like we are, we're out to tell the story, whether I'm working for House Beautiful or El Decor or AD, you know, we want to, we want to give a message to the reader and a message what what this story what what do we say you know and i love you know working with douglas and other photographers as douglas said because everyone brings something different you know some some photographers will make it very moody and some will make it very bright 
So everyone has a different point of view in the way they light or the way they photograph. Well, I, I think what I'm hearing you say, and I suspect um, our audience really would want to understand this. So you're talking about telling a story. You're wearing the role of playing the role of the editor here. Um, Douglas, you're on a set right now with a designer. There's no editor. So what is, what's the give and take there that gets the story told? Is it, in this case, Nicole Hollis, who's mm -hmm. you know, playing the role of the editor and helping you to understand the story she wants to tell? Are you, what role are you playing in that process? How is that really working on set today? Um, well, you know, when I go into a sheet, like commercial, a sheet that's not editorial, like I'm working with Nicole Hollis in the South Bay right now this week. And like, we go into these projects and I'll say like, let's shoot this as if we were shooting this editorially for House Beautiful or Architectural, whatever magazine. Mm -hmm. Let's approach it. Like that's our narrative. That's so, cause you can go in there needing to shoot everything to document it for a designer and an architect which is a very different approach than if you're shooting it editorially. So we go in and then I work with Nicole, who's either on set or, you know, she's off in Hawaii or wherever she else she's working. We'll, we'll send images to her and I'll work with um, her team. And they're my creative directors. They're my stylists. They're like, and so we all work together with like these two kind of, there's, you know, there's, there's two opinions. There's a photographer and the stylist and we kind of work together to get to that you can start adding in more ideas, more opinions. It gets a bit more complicated as, as Robert, as you know, we'll be on, like, we'll be shooting. And sometimes the designer or the architect will be on set with us. And it's a third point of view that kind of can muddle things up because um, a homeowner or a designer, they can have a lot, they can have a sense of nostalgia attached to certain parts of the home, certain ideas, certain experiences. Um, which don't always lend itself to the perfect photograph of that space, you know? And, you know, so, so because Robert and I are like uninterested parties in a way, you know, we're going in there with the sole purpose of making that room look as beautiful as we believe it, it is. And, you know, I'm hired because I see things a certain way and I'm trusted to capture that. So does that make sense? Yeah, what do you think, Robert? I, I agree with Douglas. I mean, the thing about Douglas, he also acts as an editor. He has a great, he has a great eye, he has a great point of view. And, you know, as I said before, it's a collaboration. What, you know, sometimes when a designer's there or an architect, oh, we're not seeing the bottom of the chair. We're not shooting for the catalog. That's the difference, that's what Douglas is bringing up. So what we're trying, what I try to do as an editor is capture a moment. I want to surprise the reader. I want to give something to them. And the, what I like, you don't have to show the whole room, as I said before. I rather show less because let them think, where's the rest? What's the rest of this room look like? There's a mystery of what, what, there's a mystery of a puzzle we're putting together. But at the end of the six or eight or 10 pages of the story, it all comes together. It comes together the way it's edited out by the photographer and by the editor. It's like, no, we're not going to send them this. No, we're not going to send them that. So we're, we're, we're basically, you know, Douglas is acting as an editor because he, he's done this so long and he 
I love a photographer who has a strong point of view and who brings something. I've worked with some photographers who will just shoot it. I love people who are challenging or who, or who have an opinion. And you know, also on a shoot, it, it could be Douglas's assistant will say something to me. It's like, really? You have to be open because you never know where an, where an idea is gonna come from. Because sometimes you're so, I'm so close to the project because I've had the project for so long. Now I'm photographing it and now we're there. And you know, Joe blows it. Oh, what about if you move that a little bit to the left, it might be more interesting. So I never say that. It's like, it, it, it doesn't all come from me. So I think a photographer, we're open. Mm -hmm. If 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 the opinion is right, you know, <laughs> if I agree with it, you know, like, well, you know, it's um, I, I have this image in my mind that a lot of shoots take place when it's there's no uh, it's not clear if there's an editorial outcome. It may be for a portfolio. It may be for uh, Instagram. It may be for a website. When you go into a shoot, how how do, how do you break down? Uh, the shots in order to achieve all these different potential outcomes for the images, because, you know, I don't know you, how many shoot shots a day you can take Douglas, but it can't be more than like five or six. I su suspect. What? How many, <laughs> how many can you expect to shoot uh, in the day? Uh, shots? Can you get in the day? And then how do you decide 15, what? 20. I'm, I'm, yeah. yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm fast and efficient and confident in, in the way I see things. And um, I think, I, I think I might get a little tired if I was doing like five or six, it'd be a little And, and it's also working, depending what editor or star, right. you know, if, if they're on the same wavelength and they're doing it, it's like when I go into a shoot, you know, I bring, I go down to the flower market or, you mm -hmm. know, I don't know where I'm putting these flowers. It's like a painting. Here's the canvas. How are we going to paint it? And that, yeah. that that's that's the fun part of it. It's like don't go into it and say, oh, we're going to shoot that room exactly the way it is. Yes, in some instances, yes. Well, it's interesting, Peter. You know, now that um, social media and Instagram has become such a huge driver of what we do, um, I do find that that the like the way the like what's in a photograph how we're, like i think it's evolving know, knowing that the image is going to be this small on my phone like this like i i sometimes find that you can put too many small things in a picture if if you're if if you know the real outcome where this is going to be seen most is on someone's phone i think you kind of style to what you could see on a phone which would be larger things you know, almost like color block as opposed to lots of tiny small things, which can get confusing. Um, you know, when when things went, when the world went, I remember working Robert with, with, with Margaret Russell at Architectural Digest, and it was really this new period when things were going like digital, when it was, you know, we weren't just shooting for a magazine anymore. We were shooting for a magazine and we were shooting for iPhones and we were shooting for websites. And so, and so Margaret was trying to figure this out as much as we were, were trying to figure this out. Sorry, someone just came visit the door. And she would ask for, can you shoot this horizontally and vertically and shoot it extra long for, so you're kind of like, 
racking your brain trying to figure this out. I mean, eventually we all kind of realized that you shoot a room, like a room wants to be horizontal or it wants to be vertical. Like you can't stuff a like a long, like a wide room into a vertical picture. So, but it was part of the process of, of you know, of, of, of tailor, of styling, of shooting two specific mediums to your output. So, so are designers now and architects hiring you to shoot with specific um, channels in mind or are they hiring you to shoot one project with as many potential uses as possible? It's, I think it's more the latter. And I, I feel like I'd like to be able to deliver that to clients. I mean, I think, I think mo like most of the work we do try and get placed and we do try and get published um, or we're working towards, you know, a, a book in the future. Um, so, but eventually, you know, there's this dissemination of the information onto social media, which I think is the most incredible tool that we all have for kind of getting our, our message. Like if, if you're smart and you, and, you, and you brand yourself well, and you're consistent in, in what your message is that you're delivering, um, I think the audience responds really well to that. Yeah. Um, so I just want to ask a follow-up question specific to books. How important is it that you're collecting images for the purpose of a book, which often means using one photographer as your partner, I think, so that the sensibility stays consistent? Is that a true thing or is that not a true statement? Um, I I, well, no, I think, I think it's important that a designer, an architect, I think the best way to show off their work is to always have it shot from the same point of view with a consistent team. Because if Robert and I are doing every project for Ken Falk, then you're not going to be distracted by different styles of photography when you're looking at the work. You're going to, you're going to be seeing that, that work, there's going to be a, a narrative that holds it all together, I think, which allows the viewer to see what Ken really does or what the designer, the architect really does, as opposed to all like the tricks that photographers have to make their work stand out from somebody else's, maybe it'll be distracting in the book. So yeah. I find that I love opening a designer's book and just like getting lost in the content as opposed to you know, the lighting or the, the weird desaturation as a photographer, all that stuff that I pay attention to when I'm. Yeah. Um, help us to understand, and we're gonna to get to the images in just a minute here, but help us to understand um, what, what does it take to schedule and organize and plan a shoot? Um, is it, you know, um, obviously, you know, you're one person, Robert, you're one person these projects are far flung. And um, so booking, booking you, uh, getting prepped, what, what's it all take so that um, our audience can just sort of have a sense that like, I'm signing up for uh, this kind of time commitment, this level of planning, this level of investment. What, what does it look like? I mean, you know, in my world, you know, we have meetings. I mean, I gather all the projects come to me, I edit, I edit them out before I show the committee. So when you say projects, you mean like scouting images? Scouting, scouting images. When, when we're shooting, 
Um, going back to what Douglas said before, working with designers because of the pandemic, we haven't been shooting that much. So I use a lot of inventory I have. Photographers and designers send me projects. And I will say more designers are shooting things from an editorial point of view. And that has to happen by choosing the right photographer. I would, I, to follow up on what you're saying, Robert, I find that there's, so, there's, there's a lot of work right now. There's a lot of things being created and designed and there's lots of submissions. There's, this is really important, I think. There's lots of, and this isn't kind of, I'm not promoting the idea of like hire a photographer, but there's lots of submissions. And I find that the submissions that kind of rise to the top of the stack are the ones where the designer or the architect have chosen to invest heavily in their own work. They believe so strong. So they hire a team that is sanctioned by House Beautiful or AD or El Decor. So you're bringing on a photographer and a stylist that these magazines are familiar with. You believe so strongly in your work that you're gonna invest the time and the resources in producing a beautiful, beautiful sh shoot, which is the flowers, the accessories, the two days, the crew, the travel, like whatever it is. But those pictures, when those are delivered to a magazine, a beautifully produced set of editorial ready images that are styled in the way that these magazines are used to having projects styled, Definitely. I think those kind of filter right to the top of the pile and have a much better chance of getting seen by Robert or included in the magazine or, or the digital presence, which has become so important. And, and that, so, you know, when I started working with Ken Falk 10 years ago, he hadn't been published, but Ken was like, Ken just kept throwing money at it. Like he just kept like producing the best possible shoots with unbelievable flowers and like no expense was too much. And the thing is that paid off for Ken and it pays off for all the designers that I work for because um, I think, Robert, I think you probably respond really well when you get a beautifully produced and thoughtful shoot. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, we still get scouting pictures or we still get things that are photographed and they don't feel like me. I don't mean, that's being a little bit prima donna, but they don't, they, when I accept a project to present it to my boss and the little, the committee, it has to feel, it has to feel like House Beautiful or whatever magazine I'm working for. It has to feel something that I believe in, something I love. And sometimes I have to go photograph something. So once we decide what, what projects we're gonna photograph, you know, I make a list of photographers I wanna work with. I send the pictures to the photographer. We kind of like talk about it, but not really because I know most of these photographers. And once we get there, you know, we walk through the house and what's the most important rooms. I know I'm not interested in this room. And if we have time, yeah, we can shoot that room. And where the best light is or where he, where the photographer wants to start. You know, I rarely bring an assistant on a shoot. I basically do everything myself, uh, control freak. But, uh, you know, I think like Douglas, like myself, and I've been around for a very, very long time. Uh, you have to be, you have to have a passion for what you're doing, you know? And 
what takes to make a, a really good photograph. I mean, even getting on your knees, Douglas, as you photograph me, cleaning that kitchen floor. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's all part of the painting. And that, that's the joy of it. And then, you know, two hours later, I can go and put a tuxedo on and, and be bloody done and have a good time. But you have to throw yourself into each project, whether it's big or small, and have a passion for what you're doing. Because I feel my job is, and even if, when it's a young designer, and we go in and go, okay, we're gonna take this project and bring it to the next level. Or it, it, it even could be a well-known designer. It's, it's, stretching, it's stretching that project and let's see where we can go. I mean, not to jump the gun, we shot a project in East Hampton, Douglas and I. It's a beautiful outdoor porch, but it was completely boring. And within a half an hour, Mr. Douglas and I pulled for and created this room setting. And they, and they basically left it that way. That's the magic of pictures. You know, we're, it, it, it's like a stage set of people, but it has to feel that someone lives there. We're not creating something that's false. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's, I, I, I think we could keep talking for a while, but let's start looking at some images. So Megan's going to pull up uh, some that, that you two have pre-selected. And what I'd love to do is, you know, in just since we have 20 images and maybe 20 minutes to kind of quickly flip through these, just help us understand what, what, why you selected this image, what you love about it, and how this, um, seeing this image might help inform our audience about how they could think about pulling together better shoots. I, I remember we were shooting this, Robert, in San Francisco with, with Ken Folk, and the idea of this was at the house. And, but I think Robert and I both knew we could, we could really amp up like the glamor of this, of this by finding all of the stone planters that were like around the house. So this is true. It's just a super amped up reality. Like we just started filling this corner with plants and planters and it's, I mean, it, it's stunning. I mean, yeah, here, here is, you know, more is more. Sometimes you don't need all of that. But in this instance, you open the door to this beautiful home and you're in this hallway or this entranceway. And, and for me, that is a great opening picture of a well story. It's like, wow, welcome. And that just, it, it's so romantic. It's so bold, it's so rich. And the bottom line is it is not pretentious. It's like you feel someone live. To me, it tells something about what I'm going to see. The next page is gonna be very interesting. I mean, just look at the, the painting, the, the, the different planters. It's, it, it's someone who collects, you know? Yeah, it's not all the same. Not all the same, it's, it's it, 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 it it's original, it has original, it, mm. it has a personality. That picture has great personality. You know, it's yeah. just fashion. It's how you put clothes together. They could be a $10 t-shirt with a $500 pair of pants, but it's how you put it together. You know, they say, you yeah. know, you wear your hat. Well, you know, here's a great photograph. It, it's, it's, 
This, this says, oh, I'm intrigued by this. What's inside this house? Yeah. Well, let's keep moving because I think we want to try to get a, a full mix here. So what's happening here? I mean, this is another thing that Robert and I have to sort out on the shoot is, you know, this was shooting Andy Cohen at home for um, the cover of El Decor when... Um, when it had just kind of started, like, and it was a big, it was a big idea, big cover for us. And so Robert and I have to switch immediately from shooting, you know, a room to shooting a big personality. Like all of a sudden we're on a portrait shoot and, you know, the lights come out, the hair and the makeup, the clothes, it's like everything has to be reconsidered for, and specifically to fit on a covered template. So we wear a lot of shoes and, you know, and I think you have to be able to kind of, you know, this happened so fast, Robert. Right. I mean, it happened so fast. And basically, we, you know, the bar was not dressed completely like that. So, you know, you have to take stuff away. You have to edit it. You have to bring things in. You have to make sure everything looks fantastic. And, you know, and then you have Mr. Personality. Yeah. You know? And he had to be comfortable in the shot. And he's definitely a great personality and was total, total into it. It was fun. Kitchen uh, of the year. Go on. <laughs> this was a great one. Again, it's like, you know, Robert and I, we had to go and, you know, manage this really like incredible project for Kitchen of the Year designed by Michelle Nisbaumer. And what you don't see in this photograph is just off to the left and just off to the right is like construction sites and workmen and like Detrius and there's so there's so we had to work so hard to get this narrow slice of this kitchen because it wasn't quite ready yet and so you work with those those limitations and you work within very specific parameters to to sell the idea of what you know this kitchen of Michelle Nussbaumer's like insane taste and her point of view I mean for me you know if I was to shoot this now I would I would have not put the two pot and pepper two things on the stove i would have just completely left it empty really and yeah and i i just love the water i just love the watermelon i do love the simplicity of it i mean there's nothing wrong with the two pots but i i love the lacquered pink and the lacquered blue and the floor you you get all the all the different textures and all you could probably get rid of those with photoshop <laughs> no, not a problem you know uh, you know, I'm I'm my, I'm my own worst critic, but you know, this was like, this was a, a great shot because, like, yes, you did see more in another shot, but this in itself, you saw all the different textures from marble to lacquer to this wonderful floor to to the wall covering. You know, well, I, but your your point about the pots does beg the question: uh, Do trends and tastes change as it relates to photography? And um, is there something that, that is really happening now that we should know about with respect to styling or light or anything else? I, I do believe that a couple of years ago, every room had to have flowers, 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 flowers. I just think people are using less flowers or they're being a little bit Flowers are much looser. It's like, I just came in from the garden or it, they're just more relaxed, you know? Mm -hmm. 
even a branch. I mean, so, you know, for everyone that's listening, you know, if you don't have access to a flower market or, you know, if you can't find these incredible, you know, are those, those anemones, those purple anemones, like you can like, and I do this a lot is grab a pair of clippers and go into the backyard or to the empty lot across the street or into the alleyway. Cause you'd be really surprised by clipping a giant weed out of a tree or <laughs> like it really can like think gnarled, you know, bonsai wabbies, like, like these, these beautiful kind of gnarled aggressive shapes do really, really well in when you're styling a room and it doesn't have to be, you know, $600 worth of, you know, you know, dinner plate size dahlias right. at all. Yeah. You know, we, we, one of the questions relates to lighting and this image here strikes me as interesting because you really have blown out the window and, uh, but there's no other light in the room. What, what's happening here and how should we consider this image with respect to lighting perhaps? Um, I think, I mean, this, I think, I don't know. I, I do love a, a, like, well, I love a bright photograph too. I do. There's been a period, I think recently, you, were, you know, in interior photography where things were kind of seen in a darker way with more of a mood with, you know, deeper, heavier shot, you know, five years ago, six years ago, like, there were no deep shadows. Everything was light. Everything was bright. You could see the detail in everything. I think there's been a period in the last few years where things have gone darker, moodier, higher contrast, a, a, you know, a, a brighter blown out spot, a darker, deeper shadow spot to show direction of light. I kind of feel that we're moving out of that now and images are starting to become a little more kind of airy and effervescent than they were in the you know, the last three years. Um, I love working with, with light. I love forcing the direction of light in a photograph. Um, when I'm lighting a picture, you know, as much time is spent removing light as it is adding light. Um, so, you know, windows are blacked out, you know, things, like, lots of adjustments are made to kind of force the light to have a specific direction, which I think makes, um, and I use natural light because I feel that natural light really kind of enhances materials and, you know, fabrics and woods and like textures are all like, they explode in natural light in a way that artificial light kind of almost kind of, you know, reduces their impact. Is that what's happening here? Um, yeah, there's like, there's like a push of light coming in like through the window, I think there's another, there's another shot from this series. What's the next picture? Is it with the- um... We had to edit it out, unfortunately. It was, they don't have it. Oh, with the dogs? Anyway. Um, um, yeah, the dogs, that's coming later. <laughs> <laughs> well, Robert, do you want to comment on this image here? There's a lot going on in this, there's a lot going on, but it works, you know? It's that this is Ann Pine's personal home. And this is her study. And I mean, I think what I love about this picture, we're not gonna go through every piece of furniture, but every piece of furniture is very important and it means something and it has a history. And, you know, from the wall treatment to the carpet to this, it looks like faux fur of upholstered chair to the overtop candlesticks. Now, why the hell are these candlesticks on a desk? Makes no sense, but it makes the picture interesting, in my opinion, you know, and that's, it just captures a moment, you know? It definitely worked with like the narrative of like 
Anne Pine's world in her life. Yeah. Well, you know, you know that uh, there's another question in the Q and A that relates to just what are, we we had a good conversation. I think about the team that makes a, a photo shoot uh, potentially relevant and acceptable and easy for editors to understand. And and but are there are there aspects of the photography itself that really are gripping in addition to just the the uh, way the image is constructed, but are there elements, let's say, like the candlesticks or the mix of materials and colors in the kitchen uh, from Milan? What what are other other sort of things that are just going to catch attention by editors? Sometimes yes and no, but if I trust the photographer or respect the photographer, as I do Douglas, uh, he'll say. I think you should eliminate that. I'll go, really? I love it. Well, let's try it. And, so, you know, sometimes he's right. I mean, you know, I'm, what's right or wrong? The bottom line is coming back with the best picture. You know, I may think, oh, those two candlesticks are great there. And Douglas may have said, I think you should have used, maybe, why don't we try one, you know? So, it's not like who's right or who's wrong, but it's what's going to be the best picture. And as a whole, it, it really works. Like those, those are really strong candlesticks. And that's, those flowers are not, they're not, not aggressive in that color in this room. But nothing in this room is particularly distracting to me. Like I'm not like, nothing is really singled out for me. I'm just looking going, I keep, my eye keeps swirling around the image. And, and I think, if my eye kept stopping, we might have, Robert and I probably had something sitting on that coffee table in the bottom right of the Exactly. And exactly. it's like, God, and we, we kept going, it's all I'm looking at. It's all I'm looking at is that little dish. On the, so we take it out. And then all of a sudden we're able to exist in the whole photograph as opposed to just like one quadrant of it. I mean, basically that, that coffee table is basically, a, it, it's very sculptural. What do you, you don't need another stack of books on the table. <clears throat> no, thank you. This is okay. You spoke about books, Robert. I just want to say, like, consider the books. Consider everything that you're styling in a photograph because people get on their iPads and they go like this and they look at everything in the bookshelf. They look, <laughs> and it's true, though. So the, the, the books you're choosing to use on a coffee yeah. table or in a library, the titles are important. It speaks to the homeowners, it speaks to the designer, it speaks to every, like, no I'm like doing this now. Is, I can people right. can't see what's behind me. It's not my art, I'm in a hotel. Behind <laughs> me. Um, <laughs> but so, I just think it's important to consider, like, all, and then another secret, you can always take the dust jackets off of coffee table books, and usually you will find a beautiful matte linen cover that's not reflective, that feels much more elegant, the, the grays and the ivories and the taupes and the browns and the blacks of those books without the shiny dust jacket um, can tra completely transform Agree. the photograph. I think I'm going too slowly here. So let's go faster through the images. I'll All let right. you guys talk and tell us what's happening here. I mean, here, this is, a, this is part of that from the other picture of the library. This is Anne Pine's entranceway. I mean, these dogs were like, we have to, we have to do this. And, but just look at the lighting here. Look at the mood. It's just like, 
what Douglas did here for me, it's like, wow. And you this wanted to, you know, you keep the door open. It, it gives a sense that someone's either just left or just walked away. Like you, like what's, what's the very gentle story that's being told in each of these photographs? And I just, I think it keeps you, my job I feel is to, is to make you stare at this picture for as long as possible. So the longer you do that, the more successful I think we've been. Ooh, what a bathroom. What a bathroom. What a bathroom. What a project that was. <laughs> that was incredible. Another Ken Folk project in San Francisco. And again, you know, you, you work really hard. Like how do you get, how do you, I think this might've been a composition of like six images that were stitched together to try and get a perspective of this bathroom that was. Um, what do you mean by that? Meaning that, meaning that like, like I wasn't able to shoot this room wide enough because of this, the size. So I shot six, like six quadrants. I shot six images of this room and then stitched it together. So it didn't feel like it was, um, you were using like a wide, like, you know, in real estate photography, the photographer puts a wide angle lens on the camera and sticks it in the corner of the room and the room looks enormous, but like, the corner of the bed closest to you is huge and the thing in the background is tiny and that. So, you know, uh, I think that makes photography look cheap and easy. The challenge is how do you photograph a room from a, 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 a perspective that doesn't exaggerate proportion. Um, yeah. It's That's why photographers find themselves like, like crammed back sitting on a toilet or like stuffed in a closet or, you know, hanging outside of a window to try and get that shot without yeah. doing it the easy way. Yeah. Mm. Remember this one, Robert? Yeah. Yeah, this was the Christmas story. So we actually shot this as Christmas and not as Christmas, right. didn't we? Right, right, right. So we shot this room and then redid it as like a Christmas fantasy with all the garlands with, and that's Robert's genius. Well, uh, unfortunately we don't have that picture, but it was like saying, look at this this way and then look yeah. at it the other way. It was like kind of a wow factor. But, yeah. Well, it's, it's also helping to um, leverage everyone being on set, I suspect, right? I mean, this is just a nice picture. This is, you know, you're looking at, Taking a bath, looking outside. I mean, this this was part of that cabin story, which was a very intriguing, uh, simple picture. But we removed it. Well, the other way, we removed a lot of stuff. Yeah, there's a there's a question coming up in chat that has to do with just. And this is why I kind of picked up on it, just as a a, a how to kind of a concept. Uh, is there specific equipment or a process or to um, ad address that issue you mentioned Douglas in the bathroom where you're having to sort of reconstruct something. How, how would you advise our audience just to think about bringing that set of ideas into their process? Um, I, I mean, I, again, it's like, like that previous picture, that's just, that's, that's just like years and years and years of trial and error. Um, and like that just a skill set that I've developed, but I find that, you know, as like someone that's going to shoot one of their own projects or if they're going to do it on their own is, is work on a tripod and don't use a wide angle lens and then figure out a way to shoot a room with, you know, and, and 
you just don't want exaggerate like proportion and make it like so you can't all like like this picture of this bed in, in Provincetown at, at Ken Folk's house. Like I could have put a wide angle lens and seen much more of the room, but it wouldn't have been more compelling. You know, it's it's what's the most compelling point of view you can get and make it look like you're in the space and not kind of somehow hovering outside of it. Does that make sense? I think what you're saying is don't worry so much about the stuff. About everything. Just kind of take advantage of what you've got is kind of what it sounds like. Yeah, it's like the most beautiful part of this room. Like we know what the door looks like and, and we see enough of it. And But I also try not to, as respect to artists that, you know, whose, whose work is in a photograph that I take, I try not to cut artwork in half I try not to, you know, put things in front of artworks. It's not, it's unavoidable sometimes, but, you know, for me, the parameters were to show this incredible bed and that artwork and, you know, some, like, these are the important parts of the room. And we kind of, we got there and I was stuffed inside of a closet. Right, right. Tucked way back in. I mean, I'll I'll just say quickly to our group that we have about uh, five or six minutes left. So if you have questions, get them in quickly because we're going to just keep talking about these images and I'll ask them as we go. I mean, just like the other picture from Ken's home, you know, sometimes all you need to do is come in and add a flower and, and, and there it is, you know? Yeah, this was an incredible project. This is basically, this house was in Provincetown. This is the first shoot I did with Doug and, and Ken Falk is like, oh my God, these two divas are going to kill me. <laughs> Who are they? And it was love at first sight. Mm-hmm. I mean, ever, I mean, Ken is a doll and, and uh, obviously Douglas is a gentleman. And this, this is still Ken's house because I love this house. I think it's real. It's how people live. And I went out for two hours because I had to have carrots. You had to have carrots. And, well, you know, that, that gets at a question that's coming up, which is, um, you know, when you're thinking about styling and you're thinking about process, this is all done on set. This is all real. You're not adding things. You're not taking things away later too much, are you? Sometimes. Sometimes. But what would be an example of that, just so we can, un- can think about that? I, I would say that, like, the knives and the pots, like, that was there, but I think we probably refined the pot selection and you know played with the direction of all the knives and this is on set yes this is on set yeah like right i I don't think robert showed up with anything but flowers flowers but you know the thing is i had a different kind of vegetable and i said this is not working for me everyone give me a half an hour (laughs) they can took me to the store i found my carrots i was happy and and, and tell, just, tell us why you had to have carrots, just to be clear. I don't know. I just, I just saw carrots there. And just the color of those carrots, it's a painting. It speaks to the shape of the knives. I don't know. Like, who knows what goes through our minds when the we're... The thing is, the thing is, on. The thing is every picture, uh, Peter, we tweak. We pull things out. We add things. We turn things. It's not... I mean, some 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 locations are perfect. Are per- the room is perfect. We don't have to do anything but turn a chair and add flowers or a branch. I remember seeing Robert going to like the back of that kitchen to the stove and like 
pulling out a couple of those like wooden spoons because they weren't the right, like they were too, you know, new or, and that's again, like you think about every, like we'll spend, we'll spend half an hour on like a branch in a vase to make sure that like every petal, like where everything, everything has a tangent where everything crosses, where every piece of, silverware and glass and flower and is not distracting or in front of something important or where the chair legs are so we can see every single one of them and they're not overlapping like we consider that we go over every picture and consider like everything would it ever be possible to recreate this image here uh, as a set versus in someone's actual home um with a lot of money yes certain yeah i mean you could you could do this. Yeah. I mean, you could do it in a studio. You want to build out windows. And I mean, it would be a lot to get, you know, these incredible floors and, you know, the window sashes are kind of, mm-hmm. you know, chipping the paint. Like I remember when Ken was designing this house, you know, and they were stripping off years and years and years and years of paint and, you know, wall coverings. Ken decided to leave a lot of what was left, which was, you know, plaster with, you know, paint from generations kind of stuck in cracks and it, you know, like the worn window frames. Um, and, and what do you think about, um, let's say, um, you know, um, manufacturers who might tr- try to do this in a uh, studio and they're essentially digitally adding and subtracting elements uh, along the way is what do you what do you find with images like that are, are we talking about here you know really you know um an art form that is really what this is about or can you break it down into like a commercial enterprise here and recreate images that are beautiful but also kind of manufactured i mean i'm asked this is a question that's come up in the in the that I'm, I'm asking this on behalf of an, an audience member. I mean, different purposes, though. I'm, you know, I used to shoot with Restoration Hardware, and you know, all those incredible rooms were, you know, they were they were composites, they were creations in in post with, you know, all the like every everything was was set built and you know, thirty pictures cobbled together, manufactured in post to make it that real looking. And, and, and what do you think? Is that has its place? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's a whole other type of photography. And it's so like, it's so much, like I love like these big advertising jobs where I walk into a studio and we have a week to, to, you know, build a space out and show the fantasy. And, um, um, but I feel like the people watching, like the viewers watching this, I mean, I don't know if, I mean, those have a need for that. I personally, I mean, it's locations are always the most exciting and the limitations that come with that. Yeah. Let's, um, why don't you tell us about this image and then we're going to, we'll close on this one. This was Ken's kitchen. It is? Yeah, this is Ken's kitchen. We should have had Ken here instead of me. Uh, it's man, it's, it's, I know really he's a lot of Ken and he's, he's really some of my favorite stuff. But again, this is this this picture was really all about a super, t- and I, I honestly think that, unfortunately, I think I supplied you with the wrong image because there is there is a beautiful background out that window. So I do apologize. This isn't the final version um, I'm noticing, but I think on this picture, 
you know, this, this is about the edit, like, because Ken has a lot more stuff right. that lives on those shelves, on that counter, a lot more. That is incredible because everything is, Ken Folk is so considered, but in a picture became noisy and distracting and loud. And you right. didn't notice the things that you really wanted to notice, like the wallboard or those incredible floors or yeah. that sink. Yeah. Well, we're, uh, we're going to have to end here. Um, I want to thank both you, uh, Douglas, and you, Robert, for your time and energy behind this. It makes such a difference. We record these. We make them available for our members uh, on our site so they can really refer to this and make it you know, a part of their practice to, uh, to learn from you all, not just today, but over time. Uh, we had some great feedback uh, on the chat and in the Q&A, just simply saying thank you for being here. Uh, and so I just want to mention to everyone that our expert access series continues next month. We'll be looking at uh, the very hot topic of construction costs and budgeting, uh, really picking apart what's happening in terms of trends in uh, materials and labor uh, with an expert on that. So another important topic uh, in the way our industry works. Uh, thank you all for being here and um, we'll see you all soon. Bye, thank everybody. You. Bye. Thanks. Thank you, Peter. Bye, Robert. Thank Bye. you.